You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, I, I, I guess we have some things to talk about, uh, with, uh, with that. And also the, the other thing, um, yeah, that was dumb. That was dumb. It was crazy. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football, football, occasionally tabletop gaming mashup podcast. The world's, uh, oh, I already said that we were the world's world's first and therefore greatest. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I got to tell you, I'll, I'll, I'll get into the sponsors and who I am in a second, but um, Chiefs Bills has my brain in mush. So, uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll see how this episode goes, but I'm uh, Asa, aka The Twig. I'm your host. I'm with, uh, as always, our our co-host and good friend, Napoleon Gregg, a.k.a. Stump. Um, this episode is brought to you by the Smith Workforce Management Group, as well as whoever Blue Wire decides to put in. For me, it's usually Indeed or Shopify. So if it's them, great. If it's not, also great. We really don't care who pays us, just as long as they do. Uh, we have a special episode for you tonight, today, whenever you're listening. Uh, Stan, USMNT, USMNT Stan. Adam Turner is back with us to discuss the roster drop as well as um, the best uh, weekend of NFL playoffs that I can remember. Uh, I can, can you think of like a better four game stretch than what we just did? I think, I mean, if you're going to call it a weekend, this is probably the best weekend. Uh, if you want to be technical about it, I think that um, what was it that Patriots Eagles Super Bowl? was a weekend of football, which right. might have been the best, but that was, you know, a singular game. This was the best, I think, four-game spread we've seen in a long time, if not ever. Right. Like, like I wouldn't I, – I would say my favorite weekend of college basketball was the weekend that Michigan State won a national title. But, like, when we talk about, like, NCAA tournament weekends, we're talking about the, the first one. Yeah, the, this was – I'm comfortable calling this the greatest divisional or wildcard weekend that I can remember. I'd have to like go back and really dig in, but like, I mean, that was, that was what crazy. I mean, four, four games by a single score, four games yeah. by a single score. I mean, the last one, you've got like the two next generational QBs doing their thing. You had Brady's like maybe last breath of like, Hey, I'm Tom Brady. I can come back from 27, three down and, you know, but but didn't quite make it happen. It's just it, the storylines were crazy, man. Twenty-seven awesome. three down with Asa and I playing wide receiver. Saw, <laughs> 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 I think it was on the last. Uh, Michaels and Romo said that the closest um, divisional like 
score spread of all time had been 18 points. So with Chiefs winning by six, I believe this weekend now takes the crown at 15 points. All four games were decided by 15 points or less. Yeah, uh, when you think about it, like oh, when you think about oh, today's yeah. today today that that last game was technically decided by zero. You know, like it ended regulation tied. So like I know it ends up being six, but like you know, for I, me, it's like regulation of four games ended with a nine point difference. Like that's insane. It's it's yeah. a, it's astounding how much um, I just heard coach coach Adam because uh, <laughs> like like that's like every coach I've ever talked to is like you don't take what happens in overtime seriously. Like it's not real. Like that, that that's Over, not a overtime, Overtimes are just like wars of attrition. Like everybody's just trying to like hang on and nobody subs right in basketball. Right. Like no one ever subs guys are dead. Guys are literally <laughs> dying. And like second and third overtimes are a joke. Like nobody can play defense. Like, uh, uh and, and, and that's why my favorite, I know that this is a football, football uh, mashup podcast, but my favorite college basketball game of all time was that was the, the Kemba Syracuse game where it was Kemba uh, in, in, in eight overtimes going against tired legs. It was delightful. Eric, Eric Devendorf, baby, on Eric, the table. Eric Devendorf. Oh, man, that was a crazy game. Um, I to- so I got, I got, I got two, I got, quickly, I got two things on this game, right? One, can we, could we have just amended the, the overtime rule that if you score a touchdown, the game's over? Just for this game, I would have been down for it. Dude, right? college. Like, college overtime is yeah. infinitely better. Yeah, I mean, it just seems unfair that that Allen doesn't get a chance. You know, like it's just whoever got the coin flip was going to score a touchdown. There was no doubt in my mind. So a coin oh, flip yeah. decided it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And I I have been I have been adamant that um, college football overtime from three years ago was the best overtime um, in sports because it, it had all of the like leverage of penalty kicks in you know in in a in a, a sort of a, a cup final situation in soccer but you add in the element of um we are going to take it and we're going to pretend it's still the same game but we're just going to arbitrarily put yeah. you at the 25 best of luck <laughs> well you're at least still playing the same sport right like right. soccer is not the same sport so my complaint was always the 25 i think that you should have pushed him back to like the 40 or the 50 mm. i like no, the idea yeah, no, not, don't make the field goal gimme i like that I like yeah, the idea. I don't like, I don't like you, the fact that like where you are is a fairly easy field goal. I think I, you should have to get like a first down before you can kick. I always wanted them to um, push it back five yards each overtime. So like first overtime, you can start at the 25, then the 30, then the 35. And eventually you're going like 99 yards back and forth. <laughs> I always thought that that would be very funny. The, 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 the other thing I thought was really interesting is just the juxtaposition between yesterday's games, which were like just like slugfests, and today's, which were just like beautiful, like beautiful football, <laughs> like defense optional today, like high, yes. high level defense yesterday. At first, it was like weather. Obviously, it's harder to play in mm-hmm. colder, uh, snowy, and definitely, yeah, blizzard conditions in Green Bay. Although I think uh, not to steal a you know an overused phrase, I think Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are just built different. I mean, they literally are. They are. They are. They are, they are very large human beings. Josh Allen definitely is. Um, Josh Allen is built like a linebacker. Yeah, I I think someone I, I saw someone on Twitter say F one fifty, but with a rocket launcher attached to the top of it, which. I'm cool with, I think that that's good. Um, so, uh, obviously it's so, so hard to defend guys who extend. sorry. It's so hard to just to defend guys who extend plays like that, you know, which they were doing the whole last two minutes. So just like every play got extended. And then you have like Tyreek Hill, you're guarding like their third move, Gabe Davis, right? Well, uh, Josh brought this or not Josh, John brought this up last weekend on, on the pod. Just imagine having to like, you get a, Clear, clear lane, full head of steam, and the quarterback you're hitting is Josh Allen. Like Josh Allen doesn't go down easy. Josh Allen puts a shoulder into your skull. It's not like hitting like Tom Brady, who are mm-hmm. like go down to save himself. Like Josh Allen doesn't want to go down. Yeah. yeah, and and I I don't remember the last guy who who hit Mahomes clean. Like Mahomes has has that ability to just like not get hit clean. Um, and it, what's crazy is that, is that we're like, whatever, 10 minutes into this podcast 
And we haven't mentioned the fact that Gabriel Davis broke Jerry Rice's record for touchdowns in a postseason game. And like, and it didn't matter. It was like that. I think the reason for that is that nobody's going to remember that in 10 days. I mean, it's crazy. It's like, it's it's, nothing's more bills than having your quarterback play the perfect game and losing like nothing is more bills than that. Shout, shout out Jim Kelly, who you might know as the uncle of Chad Kelly. I'm not sure. I think more bills would be just wide, right. Right. They do like missing field goals. Yeah, yeah. there would have been a field goal, a missed field goal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I think like looking like like this game, I, I don't know. It's it's, nice. it's gone. Uh, I I, uh, I apparently I'm I'm cutting in and out here, but um, I I think that it that it works out because this this game was so weird and it, like like it was there were 32 points, 32 points scored after the two minute warning that's insane as as my brother said who was who was sitting watching that game with me um that was that was some college shit like like I don't know what else to tell you like people stopped playing defense like and not because they couldn't but just because like when when Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are dealing like there's not much you can do um although that last Gabriel Davis uh touchdown was a testament to um safeties need to talk to each other <laughs> because one yeah, of them they thought were, they were, they were- they were scrambling with communication. I don't know if you saw the broadcast yeah. showed it. Like it was like bright pre-snap. You could tell they didn't have it worked out. Like they were shifting and sliding and trying to figure out who was where. You know, the the you can't almost can't I like I get really angry when teams go into like straight prevent late game, but with 13 seconds left and you know 40 yards needed, I can't blame them. And I love the play the Chiefs ran that little like dump off to Hill, put three blockers in front of him, love and just that. like and I think they had told him, like, just run for three seconds, basically, and go down. Make sure you give us eight more seconds to do it again. And it was, like, perfect. He got, like, tw- you know, 15 to 20 yards on it in, like, four or five seconds. That was really smart. And then, you know, the next play to Kelsey was just, like, you know, inevitable, I felt like. Like, as he, as he was, you know, going to snap, I was like, he's getting 20 yards here. Like, I, I figured I, they, they got a little more than I thought they would. But, yeah, I mean, the fact that you didn't have – triple coverage on Kelsey when you knew Mahomes had to get the ball out immediately. Like, I don't, I don't know what you're doing. And they took a timeout before that. So it's not like it, they were scrambling. 10 um, seconds. He got to a 49 yard field goal in 10 seconds. Like that is unreal. Like think about how many quarterbacks on earth you would say 13 seconds, too much time, too much time. <laughs> and it was yeah, there's two, two were playing in that game. Now. <laughs> um, so, so, okay. So, uh, so obviously that was crazy. I, I guess like the question I have um, is like, obviously anytime, anytime um, Tom Brady wins or loses, like you, you have like legacy discussions, you know, you mentioned Adam, like, was that it for Tom Brady? Like, I, I think probably not, but you know, maybe. Um, he's but- coming, he's coming back, but like, is he just, does he get there again? You know, does he, does he get it's to a question. this point? Does he get to tying a game up like a, a big time game from way down? Like that could be the last breath of like that version of Brady, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think but who, that. But but who, but who knows? Six years from now, he could win a Super Bowl. So, like, yeah, I mean, but like the the thing that I'm most interested in, and obviously it's because I'm a Lions fan, um, is is there a bigger indictment of the Lions as an organization that Matt Stafford leaves and immediately immediately is favored to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, yeah, there's plenty of indictments of the Lions. Like, I don't think you need to. <laughs> that's a one-to-one, though. Them out. We, we have a lot of indictments as a franchise. But, like, I'm I just saying, like. Draft, drafted Joe Burrow and are going to the Super Bowl two years later is a bigger indictment than Matt Stafford surrounds himself by a lot of talent and suddenly wins. I mean, like, I just think it's, it's, it's. I don't know. I like it. And, and like, there's a lot of self-loathing and fellow fan loathing as a Lions fan, but like, this is going to hurt. <laughs> it's going to hurt. The, the question is how good is Stafford? Because like people just always doubted it on the Lions. Like, ah, uh, it's kind of, you know, they, 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 candy had like, they had like the Hawaii or like Texas tech quarterback syndrome, right. Where it was like, those a lot of yards, but not a winner. And like, is that true? Or the Lions just really bad, you know? And like, if he was at, at, like, if he was on like a good organization his whole career, would we be talking about Matt Stafford in a totally different, you know, like, could, could he be, 
I, like this is going to be a little overboard, right? And strong, but could he be like Aaron Rodgers, right? Like if he was with the right organization, I don't think uh, so, but it's, but it's a question. I think that show that he is who he is regardless. Cause he had that couple game stretch where he was uh... Matt Stafford. Yeah. <laughs> However, I think that around the right organization, I think he would have gotten a lot, a lot more rosier of a, of a label. Like he would have been just been called like a gunslinger. He's Brett Favre. He's having fun out there instead supposed of to. Yeah, instead of oh my god, Detroit has hurt him. <laughs> I was explaining this to um, a Bengals fan, a Packers fan, and somebody else. Somebody else today, like who I was rooting for in the playoffs. I said, yeah, I'm rooting for Matt Stafford. You know, like he got out, he escaped. We, we appreciate, as Detroiters, we appreciate that. Like, congratulations, man. You made it. Like, let's go. It's the same thing. Like the entire, entirety of Detroit. When Justin Verlander. I was going to say. Every, like people are like, why are you rooting for the Astros? Like what, what tie do you have to Houston? I'm like, no, Justin Verlander got out. He deserves this. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like so, somehow you guys turned the, the most exciting weekend of playoff football ever into a depressing Lions conversation, by the way. It can't be depressing because that means that they can hurt you. They've yeah. already hurt me enough. I'm dead inside. <laughs> you're, you do it. It's like at a certain point, your depression just becomes like your state. And it's like, that's yeah. where we are as, as, as Lions fans. But seriously, that was. Well, I mean, it's always funny when like other fans, like. So the NFC North at this point is pretty much figured out like, oh, you can't talk shit to Lions fan because they don't care. But like, so I live in Denver and we went and tailgated the Broncos Lions game earlier this season. And the Broncos fans tried to talk shit to, there was like 10 of us, tried to talk shit to us. And we're all, they're like, yeah, the Lions suck. We're like, yeah, we know. We're, we're like, what do you think? You're telling us something new? Like, I'm aware. <laughs> I watch way more Lions than you do. <laughs> <laughs> um no but seriously that was that was a phenomenal weekend um joe burrow uh the guy i mean like i i, I gotta tell you like and and i've i've said it before um i thought that drafting him number one was not gonna work um because you know like he didn't have the the the, the talent pedigree and his one year of success in college happened like with jamar chase and justin jefferson and what i didn't count on was that the Bengals were going to make sure that he got Jamar Chase again. And it turns out that that's pretty important. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like I, I, yeah. I mean, if you give him Jamar Chase and T Higgins, then yeah, probably be successful. Um, And his number three three is Tyler Boyd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Also, can we talk about the fact that every time I hear that uh, the name Tyler Boyd, there's a part of me that's like, why are we talking about? um, Yeah. Tyler Boyd, <laughs> like New like New Zealand wingers who, yeah, yeah who, like who like nation, nation shifted and got lost in Turkey. Yeah, like every time that happens, like I, I forget that Tyler Boyd is like a, an accomplished wide receiver, not a seventeenth yeah. depth chart piece for the U.S. men's national team. Um, but- I also enjoy. I like well, I like Joe Burrow for a number of reasons. Number one, his code switching when he like how he interacts so between his white and black teammates. Uh, which is like noticeably different. Yeah. And number two, I think that, uh, and this is saying a lot, <laughs> Joe Burrow transferring to LSU might be one of the biggest indictments of Urban Meyer because like he was on that roster. You had him for three years and you just missed it. I, I heard rumors that Meyer, Meyer told him he was a D3 quarterback. Uh, Meyer was being an asshole. Who could have seen that? <laughs> but like he, the, he kept telling him, like you're no better than a D three quarterback. Like that, that, that was like a thing with Meyer and him. Yeah, and then like it, like it, like his like it was one of those other things that he always just kick his kickers. By the way, yeah, like how many kickers got kicked by Urban? Like twenty over under twenty. Like <laughs> he's been around a while. Um, it's 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 going to be like a me too thing. Like other kickers are going to come out like, yes, he kicked me 10 years ago as well. And it's like, yes, also, it's also a thing with like college versus the NFL. Like, are you, you shouldn't kick 18 or 19 year olds, but like, they're going to stay quiet about it. Oh yeah. A, kid, a kicker, a kicker, are you kidding me? They have no power at all. Like, <laughs> over here, like, what the fuck, man? I've been here 10 years. Don't fucking touch me. Freshman. The freshman Utah kicker like walks into the lo- locker room and goes, "Hey," to like the senior kicker, "Does he kick you?" 
Yeah, he kicks me all the time, man. It's crazy. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> that is weird. Like, what? Who does that? Really? Uh, who 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 kicks a a kicker? Really? Um, aside from Urban Meyer. Uh, but but I think I think that um, you know, else elsewhere in this whole thing, I think that um, the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is uh Matt Stafford game away from from winning or being in a Super Bowl, very funny. Um. I think that the Bengals second, second Super Bowl in three years, right? Was he the quarterback? I was trying to remember. Was yeah, he, the, he was the quarterback like three years ago. They made the Super Bowl. Jimmy this Garoppolo. Would be a second Super Bowl. Just like a very weird, like it's like, is he better than Brian Hoyer? Like if we're talking about backup quarterbacks yes. from New England, are, are you sure? Yeah, one hundred percent sure. As somebody who watched a lot of Brian, Brian Hoyer, yes. Jimmy Garoppolo is also better than Kirk Cousins. Again, not I'm not sure of that. Um, I'm 100% positive. I will take, as somebody who watched a lot of Kirk Cousins, I will take, I understand he plays very well. <laughs> I understand he had a good year. He is like maybe the 25th best quarterback in the NFL. Maybe. Rough. Maybe. Rough. I mean, Kirk are we sure? Makes the dumbest decisions I think I've ever, like, he doesn't even have the gunslinger mentality. He just makes stupid decisions. Like, I will forgive Josh Allen. I will forgive Brett Favre. I will forgive Sexy Rexy because they're like, screw it. I think I can fit it in this window. Kirk Cousins is just like, that guy's open when there's three guys standing right there. At least <laughs> Max Grossman's like, I can do this. I've got the arm. It's like you Jimmy, don't. Jimmy, Jimmy G is, um, the games are different, but he is a, a, a total example of all this like breeds of quarterbacks, right. Who have won Super Bowls, and they're like good enough to win a Super Bowl, but they need an amazing run game and a great defense and good line play. And so Flacco is like my best kind of stats line up with Flacco too, like 3,500 yards, 25 TDs, 12 picks, like just good enough to not ruin it for the rest of your team, you know? And like, that's just who he is. Trent Dilfer. I mean, the funnier thing about San Francisco is their running game. The running game's been kind of weird this year. I understand Elijah Mitchell had a really good season, but that was like eleven of seventeen they, games. They have, they, have the, they have a top five running back in the league, Debo Samuel. So yeah, that's old. true. Once, once Kyle Shanahan figured it out, that was revolutionary. I mean, like it's changed the game for them. Like, does Debo Samuel ever run for less than five yards? Like, I don't. I'm, I'm so like, confused by it. Hold on, Debo likes to hit people. Shit, let's let's take advantage. Of this. <laughs> I, I can, can we talk about like um an example of a of a player from college who like like a like like a guy who like college football was like, man, he's really good. Why doesn't he play more? And then he gets to the NFL, and you're like, he should probably get the ball more. And then somebody's like, oh, we're gonna give him the ball. It's like, oh, right, he's insane. Like the other the other obvious example of that is, is of course um, Alvin Kamara, who the entirety of college football was like. He should, he should maybe play more. <laughs> Alvin Kamara, uh, the who's the Houston uh, running back who went to Tennessee? Um, David Johnson. No, a couple of years ago, the really good one. He was good for. Uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. George example. Kittle. <laughs> well, yeah, George Kittle. Noah Font. Basically, like Iowa tight ends. Mid, mid midwestern tight ends, yes. Uh, b- by the way, but anybody who plays Iowa, like you, just know for a fact is going to be wasted on offense anyway. Like I think that's what you agree to when you sign up. Like yeah, like George Kittle sitting there signing his letter of intent. Like I understand I can be a top ten, <laughs> but I'm just going to be a blocking guy for three years. That's fine, whatever. I can't wait. Hey, for hey, hey, so to your point on Jimmy G, though, yeah, if he was on the Dolphins, we're not better. No. Like. The Dolphins aren't better with Jimmy G over Tua. So, like, yeah, I, like, I don't know. Maybe we're, like, a little better, but we're not, like, drastically better. And he could be a two-time Super Bowl quarterback. What a, do, you, what a do, do you know who, who is a good NFL quarterback? I will die on this hill. Arian Foster. Arian Foster. Yep. Everybody was, like, in college was, like, I understand he's got fumbling issues, but, like, Tennessee, you guys should probably be giving him the ball 30 times a game. And they're, like, no, he fumbles every 45 carries. Like I understand, yeah, but he gets seven yards of care. Um, yeah, he got like iced out his senior year, Arian yeah. Foster. I remember. Yeah, yeah. He he's also like an an outspoken personality, and um, in 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 the SEC, that doesn't really go over well. 
Um, also, the uh, way of saying that is he's read like six books, give or take. Um, Jake <laughs> Ferguson is the next one, by the way, the tight end from Wisconsin who you forgot about. He is going to be an all pro tight end. No, like no doubt. Yeah. Um, but you know, do you know who do who who would have made the Dolphins better at quarterback instead of Tua? This one's. Uh, I can't wait to hear. It's Justin Herbert. Um, yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> okay, Brian Flores, you piece of shit. Just saying, like, you can't tell you can't tell your quarterback that in the middle of the game. <laughs> it's like, I never wanted you. I wanted Justin Herbert, dude. It's like it's like that old um, Robin Williams joke. It's like uh, you know. A confessional for Episcopalians is getting drunk at Thanksgiving and saying, I never loved your mother and saying like, didn't know that dad you should tell her again. She's sitting over there. <laughs> I think I butchered that joke, but it's fine. Go, oh, go watch. Yeah. yeah. Go watch, go watch the Robin Williams stand-up special. It's great. He doesn't sponsor hey. us, but do you know who does sponsor us? Who? Mother's day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so I, I think that, that Jimmy G is, is not like a game changing quarterback. I think that, that Stafford is like amongst the quarterbacks who are still here. Um, you know, I think Stafford is, I think Mahomes is, I think Burrow apparently is just be, just like based off, off swagger, like mid Ohio swagger, such as it is. Um, I, like, I, I, I don't know, but, but, but the 49ers also um, I think have the best coaching staff left. Um, Andy Reed is good for a Blake Bell triple option once a game. And, and that could cost him. Um, um, I don't know if you can say the 49ers have the best coaching staff left when Kyle Shanahan has uh, the example of just coaching under coaching in a Super Bowl. Don't go up by 25. It's fine. <laughs> Right, you want to just keep it to 24. Right, if you stay up 24, you're good. Also, people forget you had to be good enough to get up 25. Like, that's a testament. Sure, but then the easy, like, that's the hard part, and he fumbled the easy part. I really like the, who, um, it was on Fox last night, so it was was Buck and and, uh, Buck and Aikman. We're trying to talk around the fact of how they were talking about how, like, San Francisco was trying to run out the clock and drain clock. And they, you could just like see that they were like sitting there winking at each other, like, yeah, he's tip, like, like they're like tiptoeing around, like, yeah, he doesn't have a great history of uh, handling large leads, or he doesn't really know how to get <laughs> lead. And I just imagine Buck and Aikman are just sitting there in the booth, like just winking at each other, like, eh, right, right, right. It's, who, do you, who do you guys have in the? Who do you guys have going to the Super Bowl at this point? Chiefs. Rams, Rams playing at home. Like it, it feels like the the NFL scriptwriters would like that. Yeah, Rams, Rams, Chiefs. Yeah, um, that makes that makes the most sense. I mean, the, I'll go with the quarterback play. Go with the home home games. Who 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 who's winning that one? Uh, I I, I can't. Where, where is the Super Bowl this year? Where is the Super it's, Bowl? This year? It's in LA. Yeah, so far. Oh wow, Rams. It is. It is as of now. Right. Right, there, there might be some changes because of... Right, the NFL two weeks ago yeah, said, yeah, yeah. Yeah, said that they were going to look into new venues because California was going to restrict attendance. And, uh, you know, ominously, we have heard absolutely nothing since that exact day. So I think that they kind of got told to sit down and shut up. Just go yeah. to Jerry World. Just go to Jerry World. They don't care. <laughs> I would suggest, yes. Um, so I, I think that, that's like... Really funny that's like a complete switch because, like, SoFi is obviously the Rams' home stadium. 
even though they don't necessarily have like home field, like that great home field advantage compared to other NFL teams, but going to Jerry world is essentially a home game for the chiefs because that's a eight hour drive or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's that, that like public tickets would, would go for the chiefs there, I think. Um, So Obviously, we, we, we do multiple sports on this podcast. We, we've talked a lot about the, uh, the hand-egg football. Um, and I, now I want to talk about the most important thing um, that we can possibly talk about, which is um, MLB Showdown, uh, the greatest card game. <laughs> yes, I've been waiting for this. Um, so Ever. Best card game ever. Um, I, I, for, for, for those of our listeners who don't know what this very esoteric and weird game was, Basically, you got packs of cards that were players, and then you swiped them in some sort of card reader, and then it told you what happened. That's it. Oh, mine. Oh, wow. You, 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 I heard about that version. Yeah. Yep. You had version two. Yep. That, that was where it went. When I got, maybe I'm just a little older. When I got it originally, it had like a, um, um, gosh, like a multiple side die. Oh, that was the and first version. It right. Had different. And, and so, like, Edgar Martinez would have, like, a 10, like, on base and, like, a 9, 8 power and, like, a – and you would roll it. And based on what you got, it, like, matched up with the card number and you either got a, a strike, a, a hit. It was a – like, me, like we had, like, 10 of us that all had our rosters. You know, you trade cards and you had, like, special cards. You buy, you know, sluggers for 30 bucks. And we had, like, a, a cap, a salary cap. You know, each player has, like, a rating. So, you know, you can't just like buy every, an all-star team. And we had like a league one year, like my freshman, sophomore year of high school, we had like a legit league going on. And gosh, it was one of the nerdiest things I ever did, but I feel great about it. I would say I mean, that, that it was one of the nerdiest things. Yeah. <laughs> Roster drops. So I don't know if uh, I can say that was one of the nerdiest things I've done anymore. Cause I'm pretty sure that's going to take the cake for the rest of my life. Yeah, I, I would say Dungeons and Dragons uh, roster drop was probably the nerdiest thing I've done this week. I, I really, I like, I haven't gone back through it. Um, but I, I think that like the, the, the salary cap aspect, love that. That's great. Um, I know that my favorite card back then um, was, uh, if, I, if I remember, I, I want to say it was like Craig Kimbrell. Uh, no, Craig Council. Craig yeah. Council. Kimbrel's uh, way too young. Yeah, no, no, no. Craig Council uh, had like a, a, an astounding hit for average, if I remember correctly. Um, and he was he was uh, essential to my uh, offense of um, getting on base because I knew Moneyball before Moneyball, um, and it had nothing to do with the fact that I have and have no power, uh, and and therefore uh, really appreciate people who hit singles. Well, and Showdown was the one with the, with the mat too, right? You, like they yeah. gave you like a, a mat that was the diamond yeah. and you could like, you play. it's basically Magic the Gathering, yes. but with that, That's exactly. So I, I have one of the cards. So Robin Ventura was like a big card. I remember for me, he was, he was in my lineup. I just looked up his card here. So, you know, it tells you like what their on base score is, but then it has like, uh, it has like a, a, a chart, right? That says, if you roll a one, it's a strikeout. If you roll a two, it's a, it's a ground ball out. A three to five is a fly ball out. A six to nine is a walk. A 10 to 15 is a single. A 16 or 17 is a double. And an 18 to 20 is a homer. It's like Robin Ventura can't get a triple, basically. So it's like, you know, basically you have like a, you know, 10, you know, 10% chance of hitting a homer, 10% chance of hitting. And it was fun, man. You just like, you know, it, but it lines up the way they line it up is they try and line it up. So it's like averages, you know, like Robin Ventura is going to get, you know, on base 350, you know, like he's going to hit 280. Yeah, so, uh, Adam Dunn would have been a one through seven as a strikeout, an eight through fourteen is a, is a walk, and a fifteen through twenty is a home run, and that's the only three options you can get. Like, I, could we create this for for other sports? Like, could we create it for like soccer? You know, like it's like oh, like <laughs> I'm just like imagining like some USMNT stuff right now, but it's like Sebastian Lejet one through eighteen back pass. Like nineteen twenty turnover. <laughs> like, no, see, see, for him it would be it would be one through one through eight turnover, nine yeah. through nine through eighteen back pass, nineteen through twenty banger of a late arriving goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I was gonna say nineteen to twenty. Wait, wait, hold on, but but it has to. We have to. There has to be a variable for what the comp is. Right, friendly uh, like friendly versus bad comp, 
Absolutely, but they're it different has to cards. When you get in a real game, they're yeah. different cards. So, like you, 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 yeah, you have friendly legit and and uh, yeah, yeah. or like you uh, can't use friendly legit in your like Nations League pretend <laughs> game. Like, yeah, like this is basically what FUT uh, morphed into. There's like gold versions. There's the diamond ver- or whatever, like yeah. the informed version. Yeah, I, I I haven't really done FUT in a while. And I keep seeing that where it's like, I'll like look up somebody's like FIFA ranking and it gives me like seven cards. And I'm like, is he a 93 or an 82? Like, I'm so confused. They went too far with it. it it's just, they need to scale it back a little bit. It's over the um, top. But, but microtransactions, remember? Microtransactions, like that's all, that's all it is. Um, but yeah, so, so no, I, I, there was an actual roster drop. Like as much as this podcast likes to believe that the three, five, two we have, um, from the last episode from Dungeons and Dragons is a, a canonical uh, lineup. Like we actually did have a lineup um, that dropped. Uh, like, do you, you guys want to talk about it or, or like, where, where are we at on this? Like, it's, it's weird because it dropped what Friday. And I feel like all of the takes have been made. Like every take has been made on Twitter. I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't like, and, and the then takes you- made I have faith we can have an interesting discussion about it, though. The takes were made before the roster was ever dropped. Everybody already decided on what they were going to say. And then the roster dropped, and it just kind of, uh, I guess, like, gave them fuel for the fire. Like, the I think everything they thought. Yeah, like, I, I think, like, the thing is, is that it's like, look, like, if you want, if you want, like, a serious discussion about this, this roster, like, 11 v 11 on YouTube is great. You should check it out. Okay? You like yeah, that? Thanks. Yeah, you like that? Yeah. Great or or uh, or scuffed, you know, like they 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 take this stuff seriously and they will tell you like all the great and cool things. Like I want to talk about like some very specific things because I think that they're interesting. Um, one of them is Gabriel Slonina taking over Sean Johnson's spot in real time. Um, I think that that's the most interesting thing that happened in the like like look like we'll we'll talk about Scally for sure. We'll talk about Brooks. We'll talk about um, there's not really that much to talk about with Busio. Um, there's not really that much to talk about, I guess, Sergeant, whatever. But like the most interesting thing, like when I first read this was like, oh, they brought four. And like, I give, like, look, like there's not going to be a lot of credit given to Greg Verhalter right now, but I give him a lot of credit for like respecting Sean Johnson. Like it would have been very easy to just be like, okay, Slonina is our third. Like that's what it is. But like, it costs him nothing to bring the fourth keeper and I like, I, from a coaching perspective, I really, I really like that. I don't expect Sean Johnson to be on another roster. Um, but like, I, I think that like, it's, it's a nice thing to do for the guy who's been with you and with the the program for what? 15 years. Um, so like, I, I, I wanted, that was my, like the big take that I have that I, that I hadn't seen elsewhere, which is that I think that, that, that was a cool thing to do for an older player and it costs nothing. Yeah, I, I agree with that one. I think it, it, it's what makes me confused about Greg at times, right? Like Greg, Greg is an, an intriguing guy to me. Yeah, some people are just very binary with him. I hate him. He sucks. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I don't nor I don't hate him, right? And he also doesn't suck, right? Like many coaches, he has flaws. I had a yeah. lot of flaws when I was a coach. Like I messed a lot of stuff up constantly. And I think Greg, what's interesting to me is he sees that angle and he sees that move but he doesn't see and doesn't seem to rate like Scally to do a similar thing with him. Right. Cause you kind of mentioned Scally and that's, what's interesting right now is like, where does Scally lie in Greg's head? And like, why are we not, like you said, just at least bring him along. You don't rate him. Like he's obviously killing it as an 18 year old, in the Bundesliga that has to mean, even if you don't rate him, you would at least think I might be wrong here. <laughs> like, I, like I don't love him, but I might be wrong. And clearly, this guy could get really good in the next six months. Similar to Slonina, like let's just bring him along for the ride here. I don't want to do that with twenty-eight people and every young guy in Europe. But he's the one for me that I'm like, why aren't we? And, and why aren't we doing it? And you mentioned it like like as the as an analogy with Richards. Like, how much did we miss, miss out on where like Richards is not farther along than he is with the national team setup? Um, I think the thing with Scally and like you, you transitioned us there. Wait, do you uh, want to, do you want to explain? Because Adam made that comparison to us on Twitter. Not oh, right. This conversation that people will be listening to and thus be confused. I can, I can, I, yeah, I can explain it. I mean, basically I think that I had a bunch of arguments like in the spring, you know, some of the camps that happened, you know, last 
spring, the end of the winter, where Richards was playing at Hoffenheim and playing really well. And it was like, this guy clearly is going to become, in this cycle, a guy that can help us. You know, why aren't we giving him more opportunity, bring him into everything? And we weren't. We just weren't giving him chances. Like, it's like meaningless friendlies, and we were starting Tim Ream. And it was like, Tim Ream is obviously going to be phased out. We could give these minutes to Chris Richards, and that would be like a worthwhile thing to do. And I see that a lot of the Scally stuff right now, like, be patient. It's totally fine. He'll be there come World Cup. And I'm like, maybe. But, like, why wouldn't we just, like, get him involved in camps and get him to know the guys and the system? So that's that was kind of my comment that I made earlier today. Also, and the, and the be patient thing kind of rings hollow when you can, you can say that when we're talking about Chris Richards and we are two years away from a World Cup or, like, 18 months. When we are nine months away from the World Cup, you don't have time to be patient. You're running out of windows. You need to start bringing guys you want to have in Qatar. Um, I, I have a theory, and it's not, it's not an original theory, but I think it applies here. I think that Greg Berhalter will give a thousand and one chances to people who are nice. And I think that he will not for people who are not nice. I think that um, John Brooks is a famously prickly personality. He's, he is our, our, as far as I'm concerned, our best center back all in. Um, he, you know, he, the, the difference between him and the second best player on the ball as a center back is not close. Um, but he rakes people. Like every coach he's had does not like him at some point. Um, sure. This is the most disingenuous part of this entire cycle when people are like, John Brooks is mean, so Berholder doesn't want to take him. No, John Brooks was really bad the last like four games he played for the USMNT. Then he had, a, he had a very bad stretch at Wolfsburg. I don't think it is out of the realm of possibility that Berholder watched that and said, I can't afford this guy making mistakes. I'd rather roll with the young guys who I think will continue to prove. John Brooks is who you, you know who you have in John Brooks. John Brooks is not going to get better at anything he does. John Brooks will only get worse from here. Whereas any of the other center backs have the potential to, he learned from the last game, he has improved. John Brooks is who he is. So I would, I would buy that if it applied to the midfield, where, where apparently you can behave however you want. And like, it's just like certain guys are going to, are going to be there. And I don't, I don't have the, I'm not talking about Acosta. I want to be very clear here. I think that Acosta does something that nobody else in the pool outside of Tyler Adams can do. Um, and that is cover sideline to uh, sideline as a sex. Um, I thought you were subtweeting. No, no, I was not. Um, but like, you do whatever you want, and you're still going to be. <laughs> no, no, not 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 adding Wes right now. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to land in Donovan. This. Um, that that was a fun discussion going around Twitter today too. Like there's this like big fight between people who are like, well, did he say that it was unforgiving? And it's like, this is dumb. It doesn't matter. Um, but the, like, I'm, I'm not talking about Acosta. I think, I think that Acosta does something that, that Tyler Adams does. And there are only so many people in our pool who can go sideline to sideline. Fine. Great. Whatever. Um, Sebastian Legette and Christian Roldan for the national team don't perform. And like, like, look, I'm not one of those people who's like, bring every 18 year old in Europe too. you know, Christian Roldan in the MLS um, is, is unreal. Like he is, he is one of the best players in MLS year in, year out. Um, But he's not good when he plays with the national team. And like, I don't know how many times we're going to do it. And, you know, and, and same with Legette, like Legette hasn't put in a positive performance for the national team since what Switzerland. The Switzerland friendly Honduras, in- Honduras second half he was Honduras second half he was good. That's the one I'll give him from World Cup qualifying. Fine, like, fine. He, he was solid there. He was not solid against Panama. <laughs> no, I mean he hasn't been solid in any other World Cup qualifying yeah. game. Like, um, so so I so I think I think the thing is is that like look, it, I I think that Stumpy might be right. Like I I think that it's possible that like our center backs are solid enough. The the four that we bring, I mean McKenzie, whatever. Uh, although I, I don't know, McKenzie, McKenzie's mental makeup, I think is, is as good as anybody in the pool, because like, if I had be, done what he did against Mexico, I would still be a puddle. Like I, I would not have recovered from that moment. And he did. And, and I think that that, that, that says a lot about him as a player and, a, and, and as a competitor, but um, Scally should be there over Brooks. Lennon. Like, like if you want to go one-to-one, like in terms of like 
like that that's the easy one I, I i don't i don't really see a reason for it and when when burr was asked about not bringing left backs he listed a whole bunch of people who could play left back but weren't natural left backs and like that doesn't that's not a thing like don't do that don't don't like demean our our intelligence by saying oh well we we you know kellen acosta can play left back it's like yeah shit in the words of jurgen klinsman anybody can play left back it's not true but like yeah, people can play there, but Joe Scally plays there in a top five league in the world, week in, week out. Well, relatively. Um, so, so like that's that's like an easy one. Um, the, the the like the biggest discussion in the midfield was that Busio is not there, and he's not there because he has COVID. So we wish him a, a speedy recovery. Um, but but I, I don't think that there's that much to discuss there. Um, I don't know. That was that was kind of funny that everybody was immediately like up in arms that Busio wasn't there. Then the first press conference, Greg's like, yeah, you got COVID. And everybody's like, oh, we fucked up. Yeah, that, I, I would have loved Tanner Tessman to be brought in just because it's like, well, we had a, a chartered plane from Venice. So like, you know, he, he was there. We didn't have any charter plane from Venice. We had, <laughs> uh, Tanner Tessman, Taylor Tessman's coming. Tanner Tessman's coming, sorry. Uh, it's, he's coming you know, courtesy of little old Davo. He's yeah. sending out the Clemson recruiting jet. It's going to go pick him up. Also, did you see that video of uh, Testman's like the day in the life of a, of a Venencia player? Uh, I would like to point out not a, at any single moment does he do any football training. <laughs> yeah. Hey, can I, I'm going I'm to stop. I'm going to push back against the Brooks thing. And here's how I'm going to push back. I've thought about this a lot today. I've had a lot of time to think about it as people. I like posted a, a video of, of, uh, of Brooks making a, an awesome pass and, and everybody, you know, wanted to chime in. There's a bunch of people who were like, yeah, see, Brooks definitely should be on. And the whole other side, which is like, he's sucked for the USMNT. And so these are, th- this is kind of my thoughts about it. I have like a 50 game sample size of John Brooks over the last two years between USMNT games, Wolfsburg games, a lot, of, you know, high champions league games, a lot, Europe, Europa league. Like there's a lot of games of him, right? Like I, I, I think every player has bad stretches. We just talked about like Matt Stafford, right? Like it's like, he was Stafford for a couple games. Yeah. But then he was Stafford <laughs> like again, you know, like, and so it's like, I'll, I'm going to make a, a really deep cut basketball comp here. Cause that's what I do as a former basketball coach. If I'm like the Serbian national team, right. I've got like a few guys who are playing in the best league in the world. And I've got, you know, Jokic and uh, Belitsa and Bogdanovich. And, you know, they got a couple guys. They got like four or Other five guys. Bogdanovich. I think Bogdan plays for Serbia. I, I actually don't remember. Bujan, my, I, whatever. They've got a Bogdanovich brother, even though they're not brothers, right? <laughs> like, so like, take like, to me, a good comp for, um, for Brooks would be like Belitsa or Bogdanovich. Somebody who like plays in the, one of the best leagues in the world and is solid, you know, they're good, like totally good. Now, if I have a year or two of, of like data of like what this guy's done in the NBA and he's had some bad stretches in the NBA, both those guys have probably had cold stretches, but they're good. And on Serbia, they probably have some decent players playing in Europe behind him. Right. And maybe even some good young guys that might make it to the NBA. Both of those guys have to be key pieces for the Serbian national team right now. And that's where Brooks is for me. He is absolutely in a big sample size better than those guys. And people keep pointing to the USMNT games. I don't care that much. Like when, when it comes to me thinking somebody's trustworthy or not, I don't care about like four games, like versus Walker Zimmerman was really good in four games. Next game, who has more of a likelihood to make a big mistake? Walker Zimmerman to me. I don't care that he's been really good for the USMNT because I watched some of his Nashville performances. He struggled at times for Nashville this year. So I don't know. Brooks is one of our best guys. I also think like there's two scenarios that we need our center back to help us. One, when we're being bunkered against two, when we're being pressed a little bit, I think center backs are equally important in both of those scenarios to unlock defenses and to help you attack. And I think Brooks right now is by far the best guy we have to do that. I think you saw in the Jamaica game, the downside of not having somebody like John Brooks, Miles and Zim could not unlock anything in that game. They struggled. And so, yeah, Brooks has the mistake that led to the goal, but I think playing Miles and Zim cost us points in Jamaica, even though there was no mistake that made it happen. So I, I think that... No, well, okay, number one, Bojan Bogdanovic is Croatian. You suck. 
Uh, yeah. No, but, two. but one of them is Croatian, one of them is Yeah, Serbian. one of them is Croatian, one of them is Serbian. There's a Serbian Bogdan. Bogdan is Serbian, and Bojan is... Uh, Bogdan is Serbian, thanks. I, I literally, I can't... I, like, don't remember which one is on the jazz and the hot. Like, I we, I'm, we, not, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to him. He's, he called them both. <laughs> uh, I, we I, have a guy I, in Fantasy League who, who yeah. drafted Bojan both times. Uh, <laughs> years in a row, drafted Bojan, and then, like, three picks later, all of a sudden, you just hear... Shit, wrong one. <laughs> you guys have a fantasy basketball league, and I'm not invited. Okay, uh, you, you I want you, an invite. If, there, if a team opens up, I want an invite. I've, I'm in a 16 year. It's called the Intense Fantasy Basketball League. A 16 year salary auction based keeper league. That's like the most intense thing of all time. It's the best. I'll, I'll, I'll trade you a spot in ours for a spot in yours. Um, you can absolutely. We're our goal is to get to 30. We have 14. We want to be the real NBA. Done. Uh, I will be, I, I, I am claiming right now the Atlanta Hawks because I'm not going to win anything, but we'll have fun. Um, <laughs> that, that's going to be you. Uh, but so, so I think, I think the thing is, and, and, and essentially you're making a, a form versus class argument, which I like, I'm good with. Like, I, I actually, I like the idea of like, let's play, uh, Bajelica. And yes, I'm saying Bajelica, uh, intentionally. Cause I think Perspective. it's very, very funny. Uh, because like <laughs> one time I said that, um, jokingly and someone got really mad and i was like his name is bajelica from now on um be like bealitz is his name bajelica uh but but i i think the thing is is that like when you're when you're talking about like form versus class um i i i don't know why i i think that greg has a way that he really wants to play and um part of that is pressing high regardless of what the other team does but if the other team just punts the ball back to you you your your high press isn't doing all that much. So like it's it's like he he built a system to beat Mexico. Um and and you see it in 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 every sport, right? Like like a team will be like we are built to beat the Chiefs. And it's like, yeah, that's great that you're built to beat the Chiefs. Can you build beat the Bengals? Um because the Titans didn't. Like right? Like they they their whole offseason was how do we beat the Chiefs? Well, you need to beat the Bengals too. Um, and like for, for our purposes, like you need to beat Mexico. Yeah. But you also need to beat El Salvador, um, or Honduras or Panama or whatever. Um, so, so I think, I think that John Brooks at the very least he's on the roster cause he can do a job nobody else can do. Um, whereas, you know, I, I don't know that you need, um, you can bring five center backs. There's no upper limit, whatever. Um, as for the, for the attackers, um, I'm super like the only thing that I got like personally mad at because um, I, I like I've, I've like invested thought into this is Jordan P. Falk should be in the roster because he does like, like I, we, we, we've talked about like, can he do something that nobody else can do? If so, is that thing useful? And Jordan P. Falk is is can, can chase a game better than anybody on our roster. Um, having having a six foot three. 235 pound dude going up and getting headers is like occasionally useful when you need to go get a goal with 10 minutes left. I don't know that I would want him to start any game. I, I, th- I think I'm happy if you start Peppy three times. I think I'm happy if you start Peppy twice and Ferrero once or Zardes once. I don't, I don't hate Jess and Zardes. Um, but I think, I think Jordan P folk um, coming on at, at the 75 or 80 of any game you're tied or down in is, is like, it, it's a missed opportunity to me. Also, Josh Sargent adding uh, sub subtweeting Greg from a uh, uh, Premier League pitch was pretty funny. Did he really? Well, no, but like by scoring two goals on the on the, the oh, like immediately like, after the like roster after drop. the game, he got on Twitter. Like, no, 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 no. Uh, no, so, yeah, yeah, true. If you if you want to bring Zardes and people who like who are you getting rid of? Zardes is the obvious guy to to cross off. And that's the thing with, like, again, with Brooks. Who are we getting rid of? Like, Brooks McKenzie. Lennon should not be here. Yeah, fine. I can't argue against that. McKenzie <laughs> been. I mean, McKenzie like, it doesn't make any sense. McKenzie and Lennon were the two obvious ones there for those two. But I, the nine, you know, the more I thought about it, like, if I was, like, Pepe's obviously the guy there, right? And I think Pepe can just start three games. I like, yeah. these sure. guys are all, all these teams are playing guys for three games. We can play these guys three games. So, like, for me, it was like, okay, what are the scenarios we're going to need somebody else in at the nine? And it was like, oh, we need to go chase a game, like you just said, right? 
it's one, one, we got to go get a goal. We need these points or we're that's knock on wood. We're down one Oh, we need to go get a goal or we're up one Oh or two Oh, and we need to secure the lead. And to me, the other nines we brought don't make any sense for either. Like I don't want Ferrer going in in either of those cases. And Zardes just, I don't, I don't trust him to go get a goal. I don't, I guess he could kind of secure a game. So he's okay at that. I'll be fair with that. But like, yeah, I'm I'm good with Zardish uh, securing a game because I think he presses like crazy. I think that he he's he's Ooh, really good. Do you think he's better? Do you think he's better than Sergeant at that job? No, no, I no, know. So no. like that's my point. Like Sergeant clearly and Sergeant would have given us like a little bit of like a, a Swiss Army knife. Like if we got into a jam with a winger or something, like he can at least do that. He has done that before. We saw Greg try and put Zardes there. I think in the Gold Cup one time it was a disaster. Did not go and well. So, no, it didn't go well at all. And I, so I had DK in the PFOC role, but PFOC's so hot. I can't push back. I'm very like flexed right there. I, I'm not passionate about one over the other. Yeah. I think both guys give you that same kind of like, hey, I'm not going to be able to hold up a game and connect play for an entire 90, but like throw me in with 20 and I, I'm pretty dangerous. Right. And and that's the whole thing is like, like with a roster, like to me, like it, it's all about like, do you have different guys who can do different things? Right. Like I don't want, I don't want like for likes. I want like people who can bring you different things. So like, um, I, I find Brendan Aronson and Paul Ariola redundant. I think that they do the same thing. And I, I'm not getting into a discussion about Paul Ariola. Um, I think that he's a good soccer player. Like I don't, what, whatever. Um, you know, Jordan, Jordan Morris is, is, is a worse version of Tim way at this point, you know, fine. Great. Whatever. But obviously none of those guys are alike for like for Christian Pulisic, which is fine right? Like you, you have Christian who comes in and gets the ball and, and, and advances play. None of the other wingers really do that. That's fine. Cool. Great. Um, but at the nine, it's like Ferreira and, and Pepe work really, really well together, but I've never, I don't, I mean, and, and Ben, Ben, uh, Harold on this podcast, uh, halfspaces.com. He loves Jesus Ferreira. I don't see it. I don't, I, I, I see a, a, a guy, you know, a good, good soccer player, you know, a really good soccer player, maybe, but an 18 or 19 year old who is a guy. Um, and, and I, I don't, and I, I don't see it. And, you know, with Zardes, it's like Zardes or Sargent. Yes. I would prefer Sargent. Am I going to get upset about Zardes? No, but I will get upset about Ferreira over DK or PFOC or whoever, you know, when you're chasing a game. But I think ultimately with this roster and, and, and it comes back to like what, we've talked about a lot. Um, and, and Adam, you've talked about this as well. I think it's like, does this roster get past the binary of, can it get seven of nine or even nine? of nine? Yes. Yes. I, I, I don't, I, I don't have any, like, I'm not like, Oh my God, we left Christian at home and Geo's hurt and Wes is hurt. And Tyler's not here. Like, I'm not, I'm not freaking out. I'm just like, what we're talking about here is backups. We're talking about fringe players. So, you know, if, if, if everybody performs at the level that they can perform at, which I have no reason to doubt, um, this is, this is an academic argument, right? It's like, yeah, I would love, I would love to have PFOC and DK just in case, but like, I pretty much don't think that there's a scenario where we should be chasing a game. So yeah, shouldn't matter. It might, it's, 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 it's like roster construction problem if it is, but like, I don't think it is, you know, Alfonso Davies and, and the, the midfielder whose name I'm not going to try to pronounce from, from Canada. You, you stay, you, st- you stay, I, I was trying to do your, uh, Bijalika thing. Yeah. Bijal- yeah. Uh, you, you stay, Quio. you stay, Quio. um, <laughs> that's not right. Uh, you stock, Quio. stock, Quio, right. Stock, Quio. Um, he's not, he's not coming as well. So you're, you're talking about what two of the top four from Canada. Um, sure. with with david and, and buchanan and, may, and maybe they're like two most important other than buchanan in terms of chance creation right in terms of like creating opportunities like those two davies and yusaku are the two guys who are really like engines for them and 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 like that was the that was the trouble game and alfonso davies is a terrifying presence like i i i terrifying. wish him the best i hope that he is very healthy on february 1st yeah, I, I can't lie. I can't lie and be one of those people that's like, I wanted to play them nope. with him. Like, no, I'm nope. good. Like, I'm I, good. I just want points. I just want to qualify. I'm good. Like, totally okay if your starting QB is out. Like, totally fine with that. No shame. Like, some of these coaches there, like, we would have rather played you with uh, with your best guy. You know, we have, our best player would be out sometimes. 
we really were looking forward to playing him. I'm like, no, you weren't. Stop. This is in the actual tournament. Like, I don't yeah. give a shit if in a tournament, maybe I want to see their best team. I probably still don't want to. But, like, especially after the debacle of 2018, I don't want to see your best team. I want to see your entire third string, please. I just want to, I just want to get the points. I just want to make it to the World Cup. Then we can have this discussion. Yeah, like, like man, I will super apologize about uh, Canada not making it because all their best players were hurt. <laughs> after we qualify. Yeah. I'll feel really bad for you after. Hey, I just want to quickly give, this is my one big kind of like concern or hold up. I wouldn't say I'm angry about it, but... I think the way that we have, and, and listen, some of this is injury. Some We've had some key pieces that would be potential eights for us to be injured. Williamson, I think, is one of those guys. Ledesma is one of those guys. But I think right now, the thing that I want to see to stop looking backward and just look forward is I'd like to see him create a real battle for, for like the backup eights between Busio and Luca and Ledesma and Williamson and Georgie and some guys that I think have potential to give us something that the names you mentioned before just clearly haven't given us and have kind of proven they're most likely not to. And to Stump's point with Brooks, Legette's not getting better in the next six months. Well, Dan's not getting better in the, in the next six months. Those guys are who they are. And unfortunately they're not playing at Wolfsburg in the champions league. Like, and, and so we're, we're right now, what I'm worried about is we get to November and one, in, we're one injury away or we're a, you know, a suspension away from, you know, having to see Legette come on at the eight and, I don't think that's going to happen. It seems like he's really moving to Busio hard. You see Luca getting a chance now, but I just really want that to happen. Whatever we do this summer, whatever kind of friendlies we have post World Cup qualifying, we need to create a, a, a competition there. And well, we, we need those guys to, to battle it out. We have Nations League games um, yep. in yep. June. And I, if, if we don't see, you know, the guys you mentioned, Williamson, Mihailovic, um, you know, Luca, Busio, you know, Ledesma, wh- whoever, you know, Aiden Morris hopefully is, is healthy, you know, him, him there. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully we can, we can get all these guys um, integrated because, you know, like you said, like it's, it's, it's sort of, it's time to move on. And I understand, I I'll, I'll say this. I understand not wanting to do it in the middle of qualifying, you know, like it's, it's, too. Not, I, I, I get it. I get like, I've, I've been in the middle, like I've, you know, I've, I've, I've coached as well. Like I've been in the middle of a season and been like, I'm not trying you at the two. I know that you think that you are a, a, a wing and you're not right now. You are a guard. Talk to me in June. If you want, if you, if you want to talk, try, try to try to be a wing instead of a point, talk to me in June and we'll talk about it over the summer. Um, but like, but I'm not, unfor- but, un- but unfortunately what he's done, right. Is to use the basketball analogy. He has cut, you know, three or four guys who aren't even on the team, right. Who could be potentially guys that would help you coming off the bench. Yes. And and that's been what's what what sucks is like he's been so all in. You, you guys probably saw that tweet with like the most capped players under Barhalter. Like he's been so all in with these guys to a fault for me, where like he he didn't do a good job of identifying that they weren't really going to hack it in the spots that they're in. And I agree with you at this point. I also probably wouldn't go away from that because it's risky. Um, or I, sorry, I would personally, but like I can see a coach not going away from it. At this point, I would go away from it because we don't need those guys. Those guys are not, those guys are kind of like supplementary that I would go. They're not giving it to me. Let's just bring somebody else in. And if we need that guy to play 10 minutes, he can't be worse than what Lejet gives us in the, in the 20 minutes. I, I, those are famous last words from a coach. Can't be worse is, is like, he can, like I've, I've done, I've played that game. Like can't, shit, he can't. he can't be worse. And it's like, Oh, it's, it's like, Oh, he can't be worse. Turnover, turnover, turnover. Yep. Yep. He can. He can feel pretty feel pretty good about Luca not being worse. I mean, like you just have so much film on these guys with their clubs that like you can get an idea of what they could potentially bring. Um, but maybe not. I don't know. Maybe he gets them in camp and they suck. You know, who knows? People always say that, and I I don't know. I can't can't uh, say that for sure. And and we we we've never been to camp. We don't know. But what we do know is um, that. Uh, we play a meaningful soccer game on Thursday, uh, which brings me to something that I should have mentioned at the top of this episode. Uh, our next episode will be delayed. It will not be available Thursday morning. It will be available Thursday night because, again, there is a game. Um, we will uh, likely be tweeting. Um, there, there might be some preview content at some point. I don't know. But um, the, the window as it, as it, as it stands is, is coming up. So we will see you guys Thursday night. Um, 
I want to say uh, a special thank you to Adam for uh, coming on and talking crap with us about MLB Showdown. Um, you can find him on Twitter at Stan M- USMNT. Is that right? You got it. At Stan USMNT. You can find him on um, on YouTube at, on the 11v11 show. Um, yep, got it. And uh, you should, because he's great. Um, a special thank you to, oh, wait, you can find uh, Stumpy on, on Twitter at MrMojoRising89. All your worst takes go right to him. Best great, takes- ha- great handle, by the way. Can I just say, like, Mr. Mo- like, I want an origin story at some point for that, if you haven't given it on the pod at some point. It's, uh, it's a reference to Jim Morrison. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah we- called Mr. Mo- uh, he was Mr. Mojo setting or something like that and i switched around in high school and just never dropped it i thought wait isn't that isn't that from um it's from uh which song is it uh the wasp i don't know anyways we'll we'll have the answer to to that later um uh the mothership podcast or uh twitter account is at tls underscore n underscore tds um we talk about everything so tweet at us um especially tweet at us when we have spoilers um, because, uh, apparently that's a problem on this podcast. Uh, uh, for, for, for those of you who are listening in Harry Potter two, um, he fights a basilisk. There's a chamber of secrets. Uh, it's a secret, but somehow people get in there without anyways, we're not doing that again. Um, please like subscribe, share, uh, thank our sponsors, the Smith workforce management group and whoever blue wire put in. Um, and thank you to you, the listener. We couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. Podcast Network.